From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more, now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hunch of Andy and Corey Clark. What is up, everybody? It is Wake Up War Champ, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, Tallahassee, Florida. Coming up on today's show, do we have anything to fear but fear itself? A recruiting wrap-up with Michael Langson as well. Wake Up War Champs, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, Tallahassee, Florida. CPTallyBar.com is the website. You should check it out. You can find their daily lunch specials on Mondays. Burgers. Build your own burger, the daily lunch special. 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Comes with a side dish, straight fries, curly fries, tater tots. You know all of it. Fresh baked fries, potato chips, it's all there. Side salad, corner pocket bar and grill, and then tomorrow will be trivia night, and then Thursday's bingo. But there's always something going on at the corner pocket bar and grill. You can play some billiards, throw some darts, watch some football. Championship weekend coming up this weekend as well, so it's mm. all at the corner pocket bar and grill. No better way to spend it if you're in Tallahassee, right, Corey? If you were in Tallahassee, you'd be spending your weekends at the corner pocket bar and grill. Probably so. I've, I've spent a few weekends there. And shout out to my man Isaac. Uh, he's. I think he's going to be a new listener to the show. We just told him about it. He's the. Uh, I don't know what we call him. He's. He runs the kitchen. Okay. Like the head cook at the corner pocket. And man, he. He. I'm telling you guys. I'm not lying to you. The food is legit. Mm-hmm. Isaac, you're the man, buddy. Throwing it down. Warchant.com, the ultimate symbol sports source. Subscribe for only twenty nine ninety nine. Get full premium access all the way up until September first which is like 48 hours before kickoff against LSU. Maybe the GOAT, the greatest opener of all time possibly. Two (laughs) top six, top seven teams. Who knows how it will all shake out. Thumbs up, five-star rating review as well. We would appreciate it. Corey, we had a little bit of a a pre-show meeting, if you will, kind of a a sparse uh, landscape Mm. out there here. I want to get your thoughts on some of the young guys that we spoke to on Thursday. I kind of mentioned them on on the Friday pod that we put together for everybody, but we didn't get to hear your thoughts on it. We'll get to speak to more newcomers here later on this week i think is it tuesday thursday this week we'll get some more of these guys correct yeah tuesday thursday awesome what i did want to talk about kind of was came up in my mind here as i was grabbing my water here to stay hydrated throughout the show uh i went home to tampa shout out tampa stand up well actually saint pete my buddy matt got married uh congrats Mm. to him and his uh, lovely wife here although man my poor guy got like dunked on the whole night like all the speeches it was it was very semi-formal casual like our one of our buddies' wives was the officiant, then the, the husband was the best man. And it was a lot of, like, poking fun at him for having, like, outkicked his coverage. Which, like, you know, one or two jokes, ha, ha, ha. But, right. man, it was like a steady stream of, like, how did he pull this off? Um, but anyhow, talking to some of my friends there, uh, you know, everyone's asking me, you know, wait, wait, what are you doing, Aslan? You still in Alabama? I'm like, no, I've actually been in Florida State. I've been in Tallahassee now for the last, for like, you know. six years, yeah, almost, you guys, yeah. Like, keep up with me. Everybody. Not great friends, apparently. Right, clearly. I was I was on standby, Corey. I didn't really want to go down that road, but I don't think I was on the original list of invitees, and I think I was on the second cut, but I'll, I'll, I'll look past it. Hey, man, you made it. I did. Anyhow, so my good buddy John, uh, college roommate, big-time Florida State fan. He was season ticket holder when he first moved to Birmingham before he had four children. Shout-out to him and his lovely wife, Kate. He's like, so are we really going to be good this coming season? He's like, I'm, I believe in the guy. I like the quarterback. He's like, but I'm just afraid, man. I just don't know. I'm afraid. It's just we're setting ourselves up for disappointment and giving ourselves too much, ex- you know, unlofty expectations or, or too lofty of expectations. And – 
you know, I, I was going to make a big tiff out of it. We're at a, at a wedding having fun, Corey. But I'm just, what is, the, what's the fear here right now? I mean, Florida State's not, a, we're not a cursed program. I know there's been some lean years here of late. We're all well aware of that. We're also kind of well aware of 14 years stretch of whipping everybody pretty much. Going to a national title game apparently every other year it felt like. Um, a little bit of a, you know, re- renaissance there in the beginning of Jimbo Fisher's tenure. Like, I, I don't, I understand to a certain degree just we don't want to get our hearts broken. But if you look around the landscape of college football and you think about how this team looked to finish the season, how they prepared, what they said, they walked the walk, they talked the talk, all that. Like, I, I wonder what that. You know, you talk to a lot of fans, too, Corey. I always, everyone's always coming up to you and talking to you about the team. What do you think is the the reason for maybe the hesitation? Is that just like a, a personal cynicism that resides in folks? Because I don't see it right now. I think so. Well, I think, look, it's been, if you really want to get technical, it's been, what, three to four good years out of the last 20? And I mean like Florida State good years, not good years for other schools. But from 2000 to now... You'd say 2000, 2000, what, three? Yeah, it was 2012, seven. 2013, 2014, 2015, maybe 2016, I guess. You did win the Orange Bowl. And then 2022. So it's been, let's say, six years, six to seven years out of the last. So it's Florida State fans are used to, quite frankly, not having a great fall, like not being all excited about their football team come the middle of October. And so they've been hurt a lot, they've been burned a lot. And uh, so I, I think that's where it comes from is recent history. And yeah, some of it might be like me. You know, I always think the Braves are going to lose, get swept in the playoffs. I always think the Falcons and Hawks are going to lose close games. That's just kind of the, that goes to my personality more. But I think it's, you know, you kind of like, you don't want to get burned by like, but really believing. But I think your your first point was your best one is like, what does it hurt? Well, not but, that, but, but what's what is what's the evidence, Corey? Other than you, no, there isn't any. You know. Other than just other than recent history, this is this is a completely different coach. It's a complete, you know, it's a, a bunch of different players, players who won games, who just won ten games. They're going to be better. They should be. The roster is better than it was for a team that won ten games. In the schedule, at least right now, as we talk in January, is easier than it was for the team that won ten games. So, uh, you know, yeah, I think it's more than anything just kind of a trepidation because of recent history. But this team, I think it's certainly, and this coach and this coaching staff, I think certainly deserves your belief, uh, your your buddy John's belief. Hmm. I hope you told him that. I'm like, I hope you told him, no, man, they're, look around. They're, they're almost as good as anybody. We'll see what they are in 2024 and 2025. But this edition coming up, you could say they're almost as good as anybody out there. Yeah, there was no malice in the comments. It was just it, he wanted the – the green light from me to like dream the big dream. And I'm like, do it, man. Yeah, man. Because I understand like maybe the complacency and we'll talk about this plenty. We've kind of already touched upon it several times uh, ever since the bowl game about like this team has not arrived. And you've mentioned that uh, I, I don't see like this kind of Rocky three moment where they're get way too big ahead of their skis, get too big ahead because man, they, Everything they said this season after they got that three-game losing streak that led to the six-game streak to finish out the season, that's largely going to carry over. I just can't – I don't know. I, even in my most cynical imaginative mind, I can't imagine like what could possibly change outside of health and guys leaving the program somehow through that, that method that would change that because the leadership is in place. The yeah. pieces are in place. This coaching staff, again, there's so much continuity. Patrick Sertan hopefully will be here – 
uh, any day now to, to kind of fill in the gap here for Marcus Woodson. There's just so much to really be encouraged about that I just can't imagine why uh, why anybody would want to to be hesitant at this point. But I, I get it. He just wanted to make sure it was all right. And to everybody out there, Corey and I are saying it's all right. I'm Open excited. And, you know, uh, you know, Sertain has been officially announced. So he is right, right. he is part of the staff. We just, you know, we don't know when he'll, he'll, he'll be in Tallahassee. But, yeah, man, you could even make the argument. I mean, we'll see, obviously, but they might be better coached. So they could be better coached. They have a better roster. Um, all the players they do have that are coming back should be better because that's what's supposed to happen. Everything points to this being an exciting season and a season you can and a team you can believe in. So hopefully it uh, hopefully it works out for all of us, gang. Uh, something else that was out there in the Twitter sphere, if you will, or maybe like the the, the FSU Twitter ether, or what have you. I guess somebody I, I should have had this pulled up. Course here's me just being poorly planned out and everything. Well, but hey. Apparently, somebody with the, the the Irish consulate of Miami had been in Tallahassee. I guess you know just. Rubbing elbows with uh, all of our statesmen here in the grand capital mm. of the state of Florida. Yeah, the Irish consulate in Miami, uh, Miss Sarah Cavanaugh, took a photo with uh, athletics director Michael Alford about, uh, you know, it was nice to meet you. We are very much hoping to see the Seminoles play a game in Ireland soon. Hashtag go Knowles. And I think Michael Alford later this weekend even tweeted out like, hey, like, would you guys want to? Want to run one, play 60, line up the grid across the pond? Uh, we've seen this happen here in years past. Notre Dame's been out there. I think what well, was it Nebraska and was it Illinois and Nebraska this past season? But I know Nebraska was out there here fairly Yeah, because they lost. Yeah. They lost yeah. a close game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that what, was in Ireland. You're right. Scott Frost does. Yeah. Um, would, would Corey Clark, would that be the cruise or would you actually get on a plane to go watch the Knowles if they play in Ireland? How cool would that be? I mean, that would be probably cool enough that I, that would be a good excuse for me to get on a plane again, okay. I think. If they're playing in Ireland, so I can say it's a work trip, but it's Ireland, because I do want to go places, gang. I do really do, and maybe that could be something my son and I do. That would be a cool father-son trip to go to Ireland. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'm saying that now with no game on the books. Um, but, yeah, I think that might be a, a, a way I could get uh, on a plane because I don't know what it, what would a cruise take eight days I don't know eight days I'd have to <laughs> no. who knows when I'd have to leave, but uh, I would uh, and then you know I wouldn't even be back in time for the game the next week, uh, but I if I was on a boat but yeah I think I could get on a plane for Ireland sure I wonder how that all comes about though I just you know two years ago thinking about trying to pitch Florida State to play a game in Ireland and Dublin would be like well you know they're it's a national brand but I I wonder how much of this kind of goes back core you'd think to just all the numbers that we saw throughout the year about the ratings that Florida State draw, drew. And now it's yeah. one thing to watch it on TV. It's another thing to put your money where your mouth is and get on a plane and go. But I don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd be hard-pressed to think that Florida State wouldn't find a way to pack out any kind of stadium they want to put out there. I mean, shoot, you could you, you line the Demon Deacons out there. I think Florida State would travel thick. I do. I, I my, my one personal opinion on this is if you're going to play in Ireland, make sure it's not one of your home games. You still – I mean, look, man – Tallahassee needs home games just for the community. You don't take one of your marquee home games for dope because you don't get many of them and put it in another country uh, where Tallahassee makes no revenue off it. And I'm not just talking about the school. I'm talking about the I'm talking about corner pocket. I'm talking about hotels. Um, no, no, I, you no know, come on. Don't don't have your heart bleat for the hotels. Well, sure. But it's still our local economy. I get what you're saying. And trust me, I've been I've been down that road a bunch. That's ridiculous what they do. But that is a big part of their, right. you know. The, the the money and the and the income that that comes into this 
uh, community. So let's make sure it's a road game. Like if they're playing a road game at Wisconsin because they're in the Big Ten when this happens, so Florida State will be a right, member right. of the Big Ten. Oh. It'll be a road game that was supposed to be in Madison. You send that bad boy to Ireland. All right, Corey, so we'll get to speak to some more of these newcomers later this week, but uh, didn't get to hear your thoughts on some of the guys that we were able to speak with on Thursday. Uh, we did speak to Daryl Jackson, Casey Roddick, uh, KJ, Kenton Kirkland, uh, Boots, Lamont Green Jr., as well as Jaheim Bell. Uh, I don't know if you wanted to go in order from there. Daryl Jackson, large human being. Anything else that stood out to you when you spoke to him on Thursday? No, big head, really big head. As he said himself, yes. like he that was really funny. Um, that was my favorite part of his interview was when uh, I think Ira asked him about like he played on the, he played the edge some and did he always did he think he'd be a defensive end or did he always did he think he'd go inside and he's like well, I always had a big head so I knew I'd be a de- I would grow out of it and I'd be a defensive tackle. Uh, but yeah, man, when it comes to those five guys in particular, I, I wrote a column about it. I hope you guys read it. If not, go back and read it. But about uh, Casey Roddick and just. I, I, that, when you're watching it, and you even said it afterwards, right? When I asked him what he wanted to do when he was out of playing, done playing football, mm-hmm. he is so, uh, I, I don't know, man, magnetic, intelligent. Um, just the way he talked about the school, about the program, about himself, so mature that he, he seems like he's 44 years old. Um, and I just, again, my column was basically about this is how you, these are the kind of guys you bring in. This guy just he sees the he sees the game differently. He sees the world differently, and I I think that's you know may I know number one he's on he's on he's at Florida State because he's big and can play. Like I like I made the point in the column if he was 5'11", 240, it wouldn't matter how good a kid he was, he wouldn't be here. Like first and foremost, you got to be able to play. But just putting pieces like that around younger players and letting them see this kind of uh, work ethic leadership. Uh, just intelligence, everything that they get to see every day being by that just can do nothing but good uh, for your program. That's how much he stood out to me in that whatever it was, 12-minute interview. I'm like, I was blown away by the dude. I was like, man, I got to write a column about him. And so I did. And then the other kid that I thought was super impressive was uh, Kirkland. Mm. Uh, That guy, that kid, Shout out Reigns. Yeah, man. Man, uh, he was really, really uh, another really, look, man, another really intelligent kid. Um, Now, my man, I love you, KJ. I know you run faster than the wind. Storm's going to have to bulk you up a little bit, big guy. Um, he and he will. I mean, he's he's a young kid. He's he should be still be in high school. But I I'm really interested to see what he looks like at this time next year, with a full year in the in a college weight room because you know he could run with anyone, but he's not ready to play college football yet. Nor should he be at this age. But I, that was noticeable. Number one, again, intelligence. Um, just I'm always amazed by kids that age, like Roddick, not to the, the Roddick to a much lesser extent because he's been in college football for years at a big school but Kirkland like to handle that moment like imagine when you were 18 Aslan and you go into a room with a bunch of dudes that look like me asking you questions with the camera on you with a backdrop behind you standing behind like a presidential podium bright lights on your face and everything it's crazy I mean I just the way all of them handled it but Kirkland in particular just because of his youth is his age was really, really impressive. So all of those guys were impressive in their own way. Um, go read all the stories we wrote on them. They're all, they're all on War Chant. Uh, Ira wrote about Lamont Green Jr. Um, 
uh, that, that I think is on the site. Yeah, he yeah, wrote it on it Sunday. That um, that that's on the site right now. When you're listening to this, so is my story on uh, Tania Latson, uh, right. big dub for the uh, for the Lady Knowles. Um, so I'm sorry, the FSU women they got a big uh, beat them by 40, I think 36 points on on Sunday. So I wrote a story on her, and there's a really I think well you've all heard the interview, but if you didn't hear it last week, there's a really good YouTube video too. Uh, she's a very very again just. She should be on the football. T- She'd fit right in with the football team with that culture is is, is uh, intelligent as she is. But um, but going back to the the football players, like Lamont Green Jr. was 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 really good too. Um, because they all seemed self aware. Yeah. Like he talked about having to learn. KJ Kirkland talked about having to learn. Lamont Green Jr. was like, I just want to be a part. I don't you know I don't really care how much I play. I, he's not really probably expecting to play. He just wants to learn from Jared Verse. Which why wouldn't you? And Patrick Payton. I mean, those are those are good guys to try to emulate and learn from. And uh, he said all the right things. And then Jaheim Bell, man, you talk about a guy with confidence, buddy. That ju- it just seeps out of him. It exudes out of him. Um, I, you know, we knew he could play anyway, but just the way he talked, right? The way he talked, and not not like in a completely braggadocious way, but just the way he talks about himself and the way he plays. It's like, yeah, you meet, you need some dudes like this too. Like dudes that think they're the best player on earth, and I think Jaheim Bell might think he's the best football player on earth, and that's always good to have in your locker room too. Savor a shot of energy while nourishing your body with a compound of essential vitamins with Vitamin Energy. Small package, sizable punch. Checking in at less than two ounces. Enjoy your Vitamin Energy as a shot or poured into your water bottle and sip on it throughout the day. This vegan and kosher certified, gluten free, non GMO, zero sugar mix gives you the energy boost you crave without any of the crash. Offices in Florida, led by a slew of FSU grads, including a three-time, three-time all-ACC track standout. Vitamin Energy, hooking up our listeners here on Wake Up War Chant. Go to vitaminenergy.com, use the promo code WARCHANTBOGO. So WARCHANT, B-O-G-O, buy one, get one. You know that, Corey. On your purchase, you'll receive any item of equal or lesser value for free on any purchase you make when you use the promo code WARCHANTBOGO. Nine different varieties, including formulas that will boost your immune system, your focus, even give you a pre-workout kick. You can try out their variety pack and see which shot suits you best. Give it a shot. Check out vitaminenergy.com. Use the promo code WARCHANTBOGO. Corey, have you, uh, have, you form- have you found a formula that you like yet? Have you done the pre-workout? I have. I did the uh, look, man. So here's the thing: we got all of them sent to us. I think, right? We got yeah. all nine. Yeah. But I don't want to do. I don't want to dabble like one at a time. I want to ride with one for okay. like a, a at least four or five days to see how it treats me. Sour apple. It's going to be hard for me to go away from it. Like oh. I, I actually like. I like the taste of it. Number one, I drink it like a shot. Oh. Um, but also, uh, it it really did. I used it before my workout um, on Friday, and then afterwards, I had to go. I had to get on the road almost immediately and come come up to Georgia. And I was man, I was fe- I was fine. Usually after a workout, I'm dead. I don't like it. And then I had a five hour drive after that. But no, buddy, I was singing songs on the way up. Um, I was calling ex girlfriends. I had all hey, the energy hey, in the world. Hey. Sorry, Steph. You, she doesn't listen to this anymore. Um, and that was a joke, by the way. But yeah, clearly, I, if I had called my ex girlfriend, I wouldn't say it. Come on, gang, give me a break. Uh, but no, I really liked. Uh, I, I like the sour apple. So I think I'm going to ride with that for another. That's the workout one. One of the workout ones. Yeah, it is. I'm going to ride with that one for another three or four days, and then uh, pig. I'll pivot to something else. But right now, it's almost like if it's if it's not broke, don't fix it. Atta boy. Check it out. Give it a shot, everybody. VitaminEnergy.com. Use the promo code WordChampBogo.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Corey, uh, we're going to have Michael Langston on here shortly to talk about recruiting, but kind of a little bit back to these young men that are being assembled by the staff. And this is this is an Aslan thing, obviously, because it's, it's coming out of Aslan's mouth. But man, at, at what point does it become feasible or practical or something that you – you maybe have never had a doubt on it, so maybe this is me kind of talking in circles about it. But like when you bring in a guy like Dylan Gibbons, you're like, all right, man, I get it. High quality, moral fabric, yeah. leader, helps maybe change some of the, the, the things that you want to do process-wise. Guys can follow him. But, man, how many, how often will you be able to find a guy like that? And then not to say, like, you know, Casey Rock's the next Dylan Gibbons, but, man, Casey Rock just seems like a really stand-up dude, has his head on his shoulders the right way, is focused on the correct things. Want, I mean, he talks about, Wanting to leave Florida State a better place than he found it. You know, these are the sort of things that you don't hear from a lot of, you know, 19, 20 year old yeah. guys that are even coming through the transfer portal. Man, like Mike Norvell legitimately has a profile. And to your point, maybe a guy like Jaheim Bell's maybe a little bit more braggadocious. So maybe you can you can you can you can play around with a little bit of the more, you know, alpha kind of mindset guys that might not want to have the whole holistic sort of student athlete approach. But man, there's there's a legitimate profile to who he's going after. We're seeing that yeah. now, uh, and it's I'm I'm really curious. That's the only thing that kind of held me back. Like, can you be a good guy like Mike Norvell, seemingly, and bring all these seemingly good dudes in and win a bunch of football games? Feeling like maybe you actually can, and that feels revolutionary somewhat. Yeah, and I I think I, I made the point in the column too that like Norvell is attracted to those kind of players. Obviously, like he again, talent wins out. Talent is the most important. But if everything's equal, he's looking for a different kind of kid than one that's uh, been a malcontent or has been run off somewhere. Um, and I think, so he's attracted to a different kind of player. But I also think and now as we're three years into this, the Casey Roddicks of the world are attracted to Mike Norvell and his program, right? Mm. Like they attract each other. So I do think this can continue. Like you, you, there aren't that many of those guys out there. They're not a ton of Jermaine Johnsons, Dylan Gibbons, Devontae Love-Taylors, Casey Roddicks. Uh, of the world out there, um, but he seems to find them, yeah. and they're they're tra- they're attracted to him because number one of of when when Casey Roddick comes in on a visit, and these linemen look man he he's seen it all, and these linemen you know a lot of these guys are older guys too, and he's talking to the Demetri Emanuels or the Dylan Gibbonses or the Jazz and Turnantines. Again, I would I would uh, encourage everyone to read Ira's article on Turnantine too because that was a really eye opening one about what he had to say. When those guys are speaking up the culture, what does that say to a guy like Roddick? He loves that stuff. He's attracted to that more than, oh, yeah, they got my bench up by 45 pounds or whatever it might be. It's, man, yeah, no, these guys really do care for you, and all these players care about you. That's, man, to a guy like Casey Roddick, that's how you win a recruiting battle like that. I think that stuff does matter to a certain type of player, and right now that's a certain type of player that Mike Norvell's getting and has been great at getting. So yeah, man. I you know Johnny Wilson's a good guy. Um, well, go down the line. I mean, they're all most of all these transfers that they brought in, almost all of them to a man, have been great fits, and they've they've 
they've been, they, I want to say they've been indoctrinated into the culture, but in reality, haven't they kind of created the culture? Yeah. Like guess, when you yeah. talk about what Norvell's done the last three years, it's been the transfers. And I count Jordan Travis as that and Fabian Lovett as that. They're the guys that gr- greedy Vance, just go the whole team really. They, they, they've really uh, let this culture blossom. The, the, tra- the way the transfers come into this program, I think really does say a, a lot about what this culture is. And uh, yeah, man, I just, I could not, I, I could not have been more impressed with Roddick. Um, man, I hope you can play Casey. I know you can. You played at Colorado. You started a bunch of games. Man, I hope he's good because he, yeah, I think you said it right. He's like, he, to me, he feels like another Dylan Gibbons. Just a, a really solid, good dude at a position that needs a lot of solid, good dudes. Excellent. And wants to be a teacher, wants to help lead the younger guys. Yeah, it's one thing to, uh, like, assemble these guys. You know, it's like, I just want to get a bunch of good dudes that, that can play football, but they're also good dudes. But I, I feel like there has to be, like, a, a certain mix so that when they all do get here, they do kind of create the locker room that you have envisioned. Because, yeah, man, Mike Norvell can have this idea and be like, all right, I think this guy can maybe do it. But, man, you still have to get 85 guys all bought in, and you're not always going to get that, but enough of them to create something tangible and long-lasting. Yeah. And it kind of goes back to why I feel this season, you know, no need to fear it, everybody. But they're also, they're not, uh, I don't know, man, they're not soft. Like, that's right. the, you, nobody would look at Jared Verse and call him soft, or Fabian Lovett soft. I mean, come on, man. And that's what I, I think, yes, Casey Roddick is a really good guy. I mean, I think he should run for senator one day or governor or, you know, whatever, man. He could do any, he could be an astronaut. He could do anything he wants in life. Um, and those are always great to have in your program, just to emulate, to see what a good teammate looks like, to see what a, a guy that, uh, like I said, a true hard worker. But also the Jared Verses and the Jaheim Bells that believe they're the best players on earth, those are really nice to have too. Yeah, those are really good players to have, and I, I just so I don't want you. I don't want you to think that you're just looking for a bunch of nice guys. No, no, no. You need some. You, you need. They all need to play, and you also need some dudes with some edge to them. You can't. And and I, you know, look. I, I think most of those guys do have an edge. You need some Jamie Robinsons out there, and I don't know if it's a South Carolina thing, but Jaheim Bell kind of reminded me the way he just spoke. Well, they're Georgia uh, boys. They're, I mean, they went to South Carolina, but they're Georgia no, boys. No, that's yeah. They're take both credit. take credit. But for oh, that's right. Stand up, Georgia. Yeah. Stand up. Four zero four six seven eight. Let's go down the line. Um, but I, you know, I think that seven zero six. You're in there. I didn't forget you. Two two nine. Stand up. Uh, but I, I think that um, the, the, he reminded me of Jamie Robinson just from just from listening to him to talk. Like a, a, a complete self belief. Mm-hmm. I'm better than you. I know I'm really good. And you need you need that too. And uh, I again, Jaheim Bell. Lord knows there's enough tight ends on this roster. Jaheim Bell will be a great person for some of these guys to emulate. And obviously, Jared Verse is too. Uh, Jared Verse is a he. Well, he's a one of a kind man. They they don't make a lot like him. But maybe Jaheim Bell is the offensive version of him. Comes in talking smack right away to the defense, not making any friends on defense. Which Jared Verse, I promise you, did not make any friends on offense. When he got here, now they got they're pretty happy with him once they saw him and play in a game. But the, Jaheim Bell could be that guy uh, in reverse. Like there might be some defensive dudes that are tired of him talking all the time. And I don't even know I don't even know if he would talk. I, I haven't. I'm saying that not having watched him practice once. Just listening, watching that that confidence, man, that air of confidence. I love that. I love dudes that believe in themselves. And you know who has it now is your quarterback. 
that guy straight up and with good reason believes in himself too. There's a lot of self-belief on this team, Aslan, to go along with the good guys that should all run for a senator one day. Yeah. We're starting to see some of these videos trickle out too from tour of duty. So we're going to probably be able to actually see these guys in action not too long from now. Wait till you guys see our tour of duty video. You're going to love it. Hasn't happened yet. We'll We'll see if we can get it done. Michael Langston, Talking Recruiting, coming up right after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As advertised, everybody, we got Michael Langston, recruiting analyst for Warchant.com, the ultimate symbol sports source. Michael, thanks for being here, man. Let's kind of get to it. I know you've had a really long, uh, busy weekend. Work with me here, Michael. Pretend that everybody was kind of like me, was really busy this weekend, maybe wasn't able to be around the computer and check out all the hard work you did on the premium recruiting board. Um, let's kind of go through some of the, the bigger things. I, I guess probably with, with the headline be Cam Davis being on campus, that elite running back out of uh, southwest Georgia. I think there'll be ever headlines, but Cam's one of them. Uh, Cam, anytime he's on campus, is a big deal. And you have top 100 back. Um, obviously, a lot of people wanting him, but just having him where he got a chance to visit the baseball facility hookup with Link uh, Jared over there, uh, kind of talk with him because he's also a baseball player. And so I think it's uh, just big anytime you have him there because he can recruit other players. Um, I think I certainly that was a headline. The two surprise visitors was also a big headline with four-star uh, tight end Landon Thomas being there. And then also defensive tackle Omar White, who's originally from Lee County, transferred over to Valdosta. He was also there. So uh, I think those two are probably, I guess for me, my, the headline. But um, anytime you have commits there, Luke Cromahoke was there. Cam Davis was there. Camden Fryer was there. All, all guys that have been very solid. Uh, in their FSU commits, and they still, it still feels very strongly they are. But um, certainly, uh, you can start off there with those guys. All right, let's kick it around then. Uh, Luke and and Caden and Camden being on campus, how big of a sort of a, you know, I guess statement was that from them in terms of their serious interest in Florida State and their commitment to the program? I think it's a big deal because those are those are some of your your. Um, your your main points into the class uh especially luke and cam they've been you know two of the guys that have recruited really hard cj hurd was also there don't want to leave him out he's recruiting extremely hard for fsu but to have all these guys like Camden fryer uh cam davis and luke Cromhoke and hurd is it's just massive when you're talking about so many guys uh, i mean it was other fit over 55 prospects that were there so it's a little bigger than the previous junior day weekend and uh, to have them around other uncommitted guys, that's a big deal to sell your product because these guys can tell you, hey, why FSU is going where they're going, why they committed. And uh, I think it was a big deal having those guys at some point, not all the time around the prospects, but just some where they could recruit other guys. What's up with all these tight ends now, man? We're like tight end you, Michael. <laughs> I mean, Landon yeah. Thompson showing up, Kylan Fox showing up. Uh, What's it mean for, for that position and, and what this program and this staff's been able to put together, I guess? Yeah, I think it's a big deal, uh, you know, having Landon there. He was originally 
they had everything planned for Landon. It was supposed to end at like three o'clock and he didn't leave till I didn't leave more athletic center until probably around six 30. He just kept staying around. They just, he didn't want to leave. Uh, that's the word I got from FSU Intel. So that's a good thing. Um, committed to Georgia, but like I said, he was previously committed to FSU, but that was back when things were very shaky. Didn't know what they were going to do on the field. Then you start seeing the product, uh, you know, last year on the field. And I think that's what's rekindled, you know, a lot of stuff going on with Landon because he liked FSU growing up. Now they're looking like a great product. You're seeing these tight end transfers wanting to come in. There's something attractive about FSU. And and just the, the way they get their playmakers the ball, like Johnny Wiltz and Michael Pittman, even Trey Benson and all these guys, I think that's really attractive to a lot of these tight ends where – they feel like they could do those same things that Johnny Wilson does. So I think uh, there's a rekindle of excitement in, in, uh, as far as uh, what playmakers can do in this offense at the tight end position. Uh, I think the Jaheim Bell thing really cranked things up because everyone's seen Jaheim play. I think a lot of these high school kids know who he is, and I think seeing him in this says to them like, Hey, you know what? He's a top tight end. I need to really seriously consider FSU. And so I think Landon being on campus is a significant development for FSU. Landon Thomas, 6'4", 238 tight end out of uh, Colquitt County, Moultrie, Georgia. Uh, consensus four-star. Uh, 2024, all these guys we're talking about, folks. These are all juniors, so they'll right. be part of the, uh, the next cycle. What about Kylan Fox, man? Going back to Grayson, one of the, <laughs> the big powerhouses in Georgia. That That's a crazy thing for him to end up popping up on campus on a Sunday, no? Yeah, I mean that was uh, I mean that was the last guy I you know we did a feature on uh, features on the front page for people who haven't seen. Kylan's actually I learned some stuff. He, he, people always think I know everything that's going on. Sometimes there's new stuff that I pick up. Kylan's actually from Valdosta, so he uh-huh. has a really tight relationship with with Jaheim Bell. He talked about that a little bit in in our story that's on the front page and. And certainly FSU has been really attractive to him. And and it goes back to what I was talking about just with the offense. I think he sees kind of where they're going uh, with with this offense and the tight ends. And tight ends are a big part of it. If you do Norville's history, he really utilizes the tight ends in in just about every place he's been. So I think now it's kind of being real now that you can see it when you got guys like Jaheim Bell coming in that – Hey, they're going to really exploit that that tight end position. And I think I think FSU is is definitely really high on the list for 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 Kylan and and uh, certainly he really praised FSU a lot. But what I didn't know is his relationship that he's a he's a Valdosta kid where he he's been there. He just transferred over I think last year to to Grayson. So uh, he's definitely a Valdosta kid and he's definitely one that they certainly have ties to and uh, they're certainly utilizing that uh, in this recruitment. All right, well, let's stay in Valdosta then, Michael. Omar White showing up, defensive <laughs> yeah. lineman, 6'2", 305, committed to Colorado. Texas A&M's uh, one of the teams in the mix, possibly mm-hmm. South Carolina, Clemson. These are all the teams on the uh, the RPM, the recruiting prediction machine over on On3. Man, this this guy's uh, he's he's a specimen, man. That's How, where, how did this come about happening? He's he's a bad mofo, guys. Uh, originally from Lee County, so he played with Quayshawn Sap mm. and those guys that me and Aslan went to see when we went over to Lee County. He was over there uh, and then transferred over to Valdosta. Quayshawn Sap was hosting him on Saturday, so I think a lot of that's just the ties to FSU. Really likes Odell. I think he's going to go through the visit process again. I've talked to some people that were close to Omar, both at Lee County and. Even people uh, around Valdosta that 
they're skeptical that actually he follows through and signs with Colorado because that's a long ways away. And you know, Omar's a guy that's big on, you know, family and seeing his family, seeing him play. So, uh, you know, a lot of people are skeptical that they think he's still going to end up some sometime in the South. But another guy that's that's been really enamored by Yodo Hagen's and development is a big deal to Omar through the whole process. So I think that was one of the main reasons he wanted to be there. He wanted to show love to Odell. He wanted to kind of see FSU again because he no, also notices uh, – you know, what the program's doing and what they're doing on the defensive line. Now, Omar mentioned that several times earlier this year when I went to see him play. He mentioned, like, hey, I really like what they're doing in that defensive trenches in front, and um, I've really taken notice of it. So I, I think FSU is still going to be a cornerstone in this recruitment. I think they're heavily involved, and they're certainly uh, going to be a major factor throughout the year. I, don't, I think this one has a long ways to go still with, with Omar White, despite that commitment to Dion. Can you reflect real quick, Michael, just a year ago, junior days at this point? I mean, were, were they having junior days at this point in the calendar, uh, the, the amount of talent that was on campus this past weekend versus a year ago? I think they maybe had one, but nothing to this level where you're having three straight weekends, and we're not talking about just your average Joe prospects. I mean, these are top-tier guys. You know, Omar White. Jason Zandamella from a uh, four-star for, uh, offensive lineman from Clearwater, Landon Thomas, who's committed to Georgia, Justice Terry, who is the number 38 prospect in the whole entire country for the 2025 class, top 100 defensive end Dylan Stevens. So this, like, the talent level is much, much higher than what we saw with the June. Last year we saw maybe you know, one or two you know four-stars sprinkled in there. And then, you know, a lot of some three stars that they want to take a look at that were young that maybe they go after this year to get the big dogs in there. I mean, they're getting them early, not just this weekend, but last weekend, people that can, you know, follow all their recruiting wraps and stuff. You see a lot of the top prospects that they had on campus and it's extremely impressive. I mean, it's it's definitely you can definitely feel the recruiting buzz from this season and what FSU is doing on the field. That's really translating to a lot of these kids and these top recruits wanting to see it. And I think it's going to continue next weekend with their final junior day. You know, I think you're going to see a lot of big names on there, a lot of top prospects. And uh, I think I think the product is finally starting to catch up with those relationships that I talked about that they're so good at. But it's really, uh, there's no question that, that prospects are taking notice of, of the product. All right. Well, Patrick Sertan uh, will be hopefully here on campus soon. That's probably going to also pay dividends on the recruiting trail. Uh, a lot of the names that Michael just mentioned you might want some more information on. Well, he's got full wrap-ups pretty much of all these guys, tidbits, yep. nuggets. It's all over on the premium recruiting board, warchant.com. Subscribe, sign up for it. Hit the thumbs up, too, to show Michael some love. Michael, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Anytime, man. We just about made it, everybody. It's championship week in the NFL. Win over at mybookie.ag or just, you know, have a little bit more fun with the game. We all want to win, but, you know, sometimes we can have some entertainment value to all this. MyBookie.ag with their instant deposit cash bonus, offering you the best way to get your money in and money out. It's simple. Use the promo code WARCHANT on your deposit. Once you make your first bet that equals your deposit amount, get your winnings out and enjoy it. It's simple. That's how it works over at MyBookie.ag. NFC Championship game, Corey. In Philly, Niners at Eagles. Eagles giving out two and a half. Root for the Niners hard. Can't imagine Brock Purdy on the road is going to be able to 
put together, I don't know, enough points to beat the Eagles. And it hurts me to say that, but that's where I'm at right now. Especially because Josh Sweat and the boys get after the quarterback. I mean, good grief. They sack, They get four or five sacks every game. Uh, yeah, I think I'm with you. I think that it, this feels like an Eagles win. I think the storybook for Purdy um, ends here. And I just want to say, because we haven't talked about it, the last play of the Cowboys 49ers game is easily my favorite NFL play of the year. Maybe the decade. Just unbelievable. But I still think I, I like as, as wonderful as that was to watch the 49ers do what they did on that last play. I, I, I still like the Eagles to uh, probably win, win by more than two and a half, I should say. But again, you, use this at your own peril, folks. Use any of my advice at your own peril. We're going to talk about that more, but let's get through the read. On the AFC side, Joe Burr taking on Patrick Mahomes. I was at the wedding. Apparently, Mahomes got hurt. Uh, yes. Chiefs only giving out one and a half against the Bengals. What do we think, Corey? Uh, I, man, the Bengals. If, yeah. if Pat Mahomes can't move real well, which he clearly couldn't at the end of that game, looked like he broke his leg. I guess it's a high ankle sprain, but he was yeah. really struggling. Um, I, 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 and Burrow and the Bengals looked awesome against a really good team. I mean, they believe they, they already beat that team last year. I like Burrow. I like Burrow in the gang. So give me the Bengals. MyBookie.ag. Again, use that promo code WARCHAMP for an instant cash deposit bonus to help your betting even better on championship weekend. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. All right, on the way out, Corey, we got we, we talked a little bit about baseball with Michael Langston. Shout out Cam Davis. He looked real sharp in the, in the baseball unis, man. Huge. Um, how far can that kid hit a ball? Holy moly. I wonder how far he can throw the ball, too. I feel like he'd probably go for well, yeah. morning track to a home plate. But how about the how about hoops? Let's uh, let's get some hoops involved here in the mix here, Corey. What's on your mind? Well, that was a good that was a nice win. It's a two game winning streak on the road. Um and I, I liked look, man, Darren Green, he's he's not great at a lot of things. He is exceptional at one thing. Sharp I mean, he, shooter. He, he could be he could be one. He's one of the best shooters in Florida State history. That guy is just a knockdown, dead eye shooter. Um, and he had 24. He had 16 in the second half. And it's good to see this team with a little fight. Uh, Baba Miller again. He played. I don't know, 15 minutes or so. You start when I, I was texting Ira. Like I, I, Baba Miller to me, he's faster and quicker than Jalen Worley, and he's six eleven. So you start thinking about man, get him for one more year. Get, hopefully have him for a full year um and then maybe you know that whole the whole starting lineup is underclassmen technically they could all come back you could use the last half of this season to try to build something you still got some holes clearly but you could maybe try to build something this last half of the season i would incorporate baba miller a little more but when they had him on the court and dante green shout out to dante green the other green on the court they actually could guard and guard really well um, Corin did not have a good game and he was kind of exposed on defense and McLeod, you, you really can't play him against teams that are going to pick and roll, um, and get him in really tough matchups. But the, uh, the, the way they guarded for a good portion of that game. And then Baba Miller, just, he made a couple of plays. There are a couple flash plays, not much He had five points, like five points and four rebounds, but man, he is so quick and athletic. It's freaky what he could be. And then Matthew Cleveland didn't get his double, double, but that guy, again, just plays so hard all the time. It's really fun to watch him play. And nice week. Nice week for them. Go, go on the road, win two ACC games. They're 5-4 and four in the ACC, which is crazy. Um, and then they got Miami on Tuesday. Big game. I think that they've beaten Miami nine in a row. So if they can pull it off on Tuesday night at home, be out there, gang, that would be ten wins in a row 
for the uh, over Miami, which would be an incredible. I mean, that just that doesn't happen in the ACC. So, uh, yeah, good to see them play with a little life and a little toughness. And when they get this, maybe the slow-footed centers off the court, um, they they play really well on defense too. So it's good, good to see. And again, shout out to the lady, uh, the lady Knowles for uh, tonight. Lasted at nineteen, but they dominated Pitt. Played really well defensively and uh, should be ranked this week. Aslan, I think I'm going to go ahead and guess that they're actually going to finally be ranked. So good for them. Good for Brooke. Yeah, watch out. The Knolls are only one game back from third place on the men's side of the ledger. The How about that? What if they win the ACC? <laughs> they just win the ACC and have a barely 500 record. All right, that's a wrap for Corey and I. Uh, we'll be back with another show midweek. We'll drop a Renegade Express thread over on the Travel Council, and then we'll do what we did last week. We'll, we'll probably moving forward here during the offseason. We'll do like a Tuesday or Wednesday. We'll post the thread probably Tuesday, and then we'll do two shows for you folks. Uh, for Thursday and Friday as well. So you actually be getting like four shows a week. Who loves you, everybody? Mm. Uh, we'll have plenty of content going up over on WordChant.com as well throughout the week, and then we'll get some more newcomer interviews as well. Check out the Jeff Cameron Show, 1 to 3 o'clock as well. For Corey, I'm Aslan. Thank you for listening to Wake Up WordChant, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill.